Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 19th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we teased it yesterday because we forgot about it in the main part of the show yesterday. But on Sunday night, you went and saw a little show, which some people might have heard of in the New York uh, tri-state area called Be More Chill. What were your thoughts on this show that will be jumping to Broadway in just a few months? Um, I think that it's going to be wildly successful uh, insofar as um, ticket sales go. Uh, I also don't think that it's going to get great reviews, really great performances and outstanding, uh, things happening there, but it was, it, it seems to be, um, s- somebody's first work. And I, I don't think that it, I, I think that it really needs a lot more work in order to be competitive on a Broadway stage with, hmm. uh, the Dear Evan Hansons and the Hamiltons and things along those lines. I think it's going to be wildly successful, though. That's interesting because a lot of the critics begrudgingly said really nice things about it um, and seemed to like it even more than you did, even if they admitted that it wasn't their cup of tea. Like, I think Peter thought it was really, really good, even though he admitted it's not a show that he would normally seek out. So that's interesting. It'll be it'll also be telling how the show transfers to Broadway in terms of the scope that it's playing in. Because I think in a 200-seat theater, that type of show feels and looks a lot different than it does in a, whatever, I don't remember, a 1,900-seat theater that it'll play in on Broadway. So uh, I, I think it'll be really telling what the critics think in its new location, as because I don't think there's going to be much changing at all um, in terms of the actual substance of the show since there's such a short turnaround. No, I agree with you. And and again, I, I had a really good time at it, and I thought it was very entertaining and fun, but uh, it had no subtlety and there were no levels. It was like 110% the whole entire time. I, I thought that it was uh, not on the same level that I really expected to see hmm. with all the, the buzz coming into it. I've heard it uh, described a little bit, and that made me think of this, and I know we'll get to the main show here in a second, but um, a lot of people that I know who have seen it have compared it to something like Weird Science or a John Hughes movie updated for modern times, um, where it is kind of a teen comedy. Everything's played to 11. Everything's over the top. Um, everything is life or death. Very much a Brat Pack movie set in the 21st century. Does that feel true to you? Yes, that's exactly uh, that encompasses. Okay. Yes. Hmm. All right. So, uh, do you want to get on to the first story? I mean, not really, but okay. Okay. First up in the news, the Broadway League announces another update to this week's Marin Maisie tribute. Yeah, James. It's it's tough to imagine an organization that's run by so many smart people bungling the situation up worse than the league has here. On yesterday's show, you might remember that I noted that when they announced that all of Broadway's houses, instead of just the original six that they announced, would be dimming their lights for Marin Maisie, I said that they had moved the honor from Wednesday to Friday. Well, looks like the league and its committee of esteemed theater owners might have wanted to check with Marin's husband, Jason Danieli, before making a change that big and announcing it to the world, because the league has now rescheduled the dimming of all of Broadway's lights back to the originally announced day of Wednesday, because members of Marin's family had already made plans to be in town on that day and couldn't be there on Friday for the new day. 
in an absolutely heartbreaking and heartwarming social media post. Daniel Lee said, quote, Dear friends, continued thanks for the outpouring of love. Thanks to all who who may have influenced the action of all the lights on Broadway being dimmed. Hopeful they will keep the day as planned Wednesday, as many have already made plans to be here and cannot be here on Friday. Jason continued describing a small gathering held on Monday night of close friends and family. He said, quote, last night that was last night was full of love and light and great stories befitting a woman who was so loved. Framed pictures on every table surrounded by sunflowers, rosemary, one of her favorite scents and and for remembrance. And lavender. He continued of his late wife, quote, during her journey with cancer, she was not fighting or in a battle with cancer. She was living with it as the sunflower unguarded, not full of anger or fight. She was simply looking to the sun, the light, the light that was and is your love and prayers and meditations. In closing, Jason asked that people, quote, remember her as a true champion of the art of music theater. Of course, we will have a, a link to Jason's full post in the show notes if you would like to read it all. It is really touching and, and lovely. However, I warn you, if you do decide to read it all, you might want to have some tissues handy or an entire box. Uh, you know, fair warning there. Um, and something, James, I want to throw this in. I, I'm not the timing is curious. I have no idea if this is actually related or not. But we also learned yesterday that the previously announced lab for the Broadway aimed revisal of Pal Joey, directed by Tony Goldwyn, has been canceled and will not be rescheduled. If you remember when we discussed this announcement, I, I, I feel like it was just a couple days before Marin's passing. I mentioned that when they had these announcements, they were only looking for Joey and ensemble members. And I mentioned that uh, the previous reading or workshop or whatever it was uh, a year or two ago, Marin was one of the stars. Um, and it, with Tony Goldwyn, it was the same production moving forward. We didn't know at the time if Marin was supposed to be a part of it or not. But now uh, on an updated casting notice, it says, quote, the producer has canceled this production and this EPA and they will not be rescheduled. Again, we don't know the reason for this, but I thought it was worth mentioning, especially with the connection to Maisie. Now, anyway, James, back to the main part of this story. Do you have any thoughts on the continued mishandling of the lights dimming by the league? I uh, did you see the whole thing with uh, Charlotte St. Martin and Alice Ripley? Uh, I did not, but holy hell, Alice Ripley going after somebody is probably always entertaining. <laughs> so it seems that uh, Alice was uh, had struck a nerve with Charlotte St. Martin, and somehow the emails or messages or something like that had have gotten out, and uh, <sighs> and uh, it seems as though that Charlotte St. Martin's message was that um, that people on this theatrical owners committee whatever it's called what is it called uh the committee of theater owners i believe committee of theater owners uh it was tough to pull everybody together because they were spread out all around the world and it's hard to read intention when you're seeing messages you know filtered sure. and and out of context and things like that but I, I sort of feel like if you had a bubble over Alice's head, it would be like WTF, you know? Yeah. Like, and, did did Charlotte St. Martin have to wait for a quorum call or something? Like, well, just it, get the people on a conference call. If they can't be there, so what? Yeah. And, and for, you know, we need to turn the lights off for a minute. It could probably again. be done. It could probably be done via email. Just <laughs> yes or no. 
<laughs> and so uh, somebody was in Greece and couldn't be reached and things like that. And it was like, uh, you know, it, again, it, you know. FFS. Yeah. I, we, we see the ugliness of, of the league uh, every now and then, and this seems to be a, a bad week for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get forward into something happier. Uh, theater stars take home trophies on Monday's Emmys. Yeah, we started talking about that uh, a little bit, but winners with theater connections included Rachel Brosnahan and Amy Sherman Palladino. As I mentioned, live updating on yesterday's show. Not really live. It was live when I was taping it. Not live when necessarily people were listening to it. But other winners with theater connections, either strong or tenuous um, as well, were Henry Winkler for the HBO comedy Barry. His first Emmy win after, I believe, six nominations. Can you believe that? Arthur Fonzarelli never won an Emmy. So happy for Henry Winkler. Um, uh, also winning was Claire Foy for The Crown, recent star of the abruptly shortened Cyrano musical Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. Director Stephen Daldry won for directing an episode of the Netflix TV show The Crown, which is interesting and appropriate because he was nominated for an Olivier for directing The Audience. He also directed it on Broadway, was not nominated, but nonetheless, he still directed it. And what's interesting about that is along with the film, The Crown or The the, um, the, the Queen and the play, The Audience, those were both written by Peter Morgan, both about Elizabeth I. Then he took that idea and spun that into the TV show The Crown. So really full circle for Daldry on all of those things. Other theater stars honored include Darren Chris for the assassination of Johnny Versace, Jeff Daniels, who will be back on Broadway in a month and a half for Godless, John Delaney from Hello, uh, Oh Hello on Broadway. He won for Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Then Merritt Weaver and Matthew Reese, who have both appeared off Broadway, um, won awards as well. So overall, James, in terms of entertainment, yeah, the Emmys weren't the worst awards show I've ever seen, but they certainly weren't the best. But it was nice to see some of these folks as well as some others. Uh, Regina King won again. Um, you know, some other fun ones in there. Tandy Newton. Um, but, you know, it's not the Tonys, but it's also not the Grammys. So could be worse. Well, I, I think lots of people pay attention to this just to see if uh, people can get the E in the EGOT uh, puzzle. <laughs> well, then that was actually that was actually really funny. They um, John Legend and his wife, not Chrissy Teigen, she said on yes, Twitter this week, it's actually true. pronounced Teigen, but she just stopped correcting people. Um, but anyway, they presented an awards and John said something to the effect of, wow, it's been a really exciting week for us. And Chrissy said, yeah, yeah, we get it. You've got an EGOT. He's like, no, I, I meant our anniversary. So it was really funny, <laughs> obviously planned banter but uh i love those two if they're not america's first couple i don't know who is but uh i love john and chrissy and then you have uh the onstage proposal you know the live, yes the live Gl proposal what are we going to do with the tony awards people step uh, up, seriously yeah step glenn, up the game glenn weiss i believe is his name who won for directing the oscars got up there gave a nice lovely speech he said you know, to his girlfriend who was in the audience and she was going crazy. They showed, showed the reaction shot when he won. He said, you know, I, I I always hate to call you my girlfriend because I want to call you my wife. And so she freaks out. 
they bring her up on stage. He proposes. He says, you know, this is the ring that my father put on my mother's finger 60 years ago. And he said to my brothers and sisters, don't worry, I didn't pinch it. My dad, no, dad knows I have it. Uh, you know, so it was really nice, really lovely. And what was even funnier is it because he won for directing the Oscars. He told the director of the Emmys, whatever it was, he said, I'm going to take a little bit of your time. Sorry. You know, so it was really funny. Um, it played really well. I, there were some super cynical people online who were like, oh, my God, that's so cheesy. But I think I tweeted at the time, you know, we're all crying right now, right? Because I certainly was. Yeah. I mean, nothing like live theater. You can't top it. And this <laughs> this guy, you know, I'm sure he, he had an in with Bette Midler and just she gave him some tips on how to do it. All right. So let's uh, change gears right now. We're going to go from uh, today on Broadway to today on Broadway real estate. Uh, as details revealed, renovations to two Times Square theaters. Yeah, they're not both used as theaters anymore, but they were at one point. So in two separate articles, um, we got some information about the inside looks as to what's going on with two venerable houses in Times Square. First is the Palace Theater. In an article on FastCompany.com, our uh, author Ruth Reeder, which seems like totally a fake name, uh, but Ruth Reeder wrote that the project will cost $2.5 billion and will, quote, bring down the old Doubletree Hotel in Times Square and, in its place, erect a 46-story building with a soaring LED-flecked tower, three full-bleed screens, which I don't know what that means, and a sweeping open stage that hovers 30 feet above the red staircase of the TKTS booth. The building is now going to be called the TSX building, um, no, TSX Broadway building. And the stage mentioned will be big enough to have concerts in front of large crowds on Times Square that will be broadcast on these giant screens behind it that wrap around the edge of the building. Uh, The building will be designed so that tenants are, quote, capable of hosting product launches, album releases, esports tournaments, and interactive showrooms. It will be primarily retail space. But, of course, it'll be built around the Palace Theater after that has been elevated and will have room for a 669-room hotel. Okay. Um, It is approximately a three-year project, so I guess Broadway will be down to 40 houses for the foreseeable future. Now, James, the other article, and you sent me one from Forbes, which is pretty much the same as this one, but this article comes from RealDeal.com, in which they go into details about the $100 million renovation of the Times Square Theater. Like TSX Broadway, the renovation will be primarily focused on retail spaces, rather than theater spaces. According to the article, quote, Stillman Development last year signed a 73-year lease for the space and plans to restore its architectural features while lifting the theater's limestone facade by five feet to create higher ceilings on the ground floor. The developer will also construct a two-story glass box... Okay, and outdoor space. The plan is to refurbish the classic theater architecture on the outside, but to make it a space for major brands on the inside like Apple, Amazon and Coke. Now, James, this is far more in your wheelhouse than mine. But what do you think about either or both of these projects? Um, well, the the one at the Palace Theater, uh, you know, it's just more a little bit more information. We've more or less knew a lot of the details in there already, um, and uh, it's interesting that this is uh, moving forward. The uh, you know, 
the, the these three full bleed screens, uh, it seems like the whole outside of the building is going to be one large uh, canvas to be able to mm-hmm. dig- digitally put anything up there, which is in keeping in the theme of uh, Times Square. So that's exciting. Uh, and uh, the fact that we're able to keep the Palace Theater in there, you know, we, we're going to lose it for three years or so. And... Uh, Let's just make the best of it. So the Times Square Theater, I'm sorry that there wasn't another way for some other nonprofit, you know, to take over that space to um, to keep it as a theater and maybe have the air rights above it to be the money-making yeah. portion of it the way that they just did, uh, you know, a couple blocks away. Well, and and correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously I don't know the geography of of Times Square and Midtown as well as you do. But I believe one of the issues with this theater, or maybe it was the 42nd Street Theater, I could be getting them confused. But I feel like one of the problems with this is that it's landlocked. Is this where the Lyric was built behind it and cut off its loading dock? Okay, so one of the problems is, is that you can't really get anything big in there. So either... You know, you don't build set pieces in the theater. Um, So that's one of the issues is that you couldn't really get anything larger that didn't fit through a double door. Although I feel like you have to be able to figure that out somehow. Yeah. But it is disappointing. You know, I mean, if you will, you know, we're seeing uh, amazing car dealerships being built in midtown Manhattan that Mm -hmm. just the whole front of the car dealership flips up like a. Yeah, I mean, huge glass doors just move mm-hmm. like that's not supposed to move, but it does. Nope. There's <laughs> they, there's one down here in Orlando that ha- it's just like a tower of glass. And there's yeah. a, an elevator in the middle that they drive the car on to bring the elevator. Now it's like called Carvana or something. But, yeah. um, but one of the thing going back to the palace and the TSX Broadway building, if they're going to have concerts on this stage outside, like, are they going to wait for whatever shows happening in the palace to be over before they start blaring this music like how is that going to work uh, i have to uh i have to imagine there's going to be massive uh if you're going to get the opportunity to rebuild the palace uh, massive baffling to to uh drown out any exterior noise i mean, I mean you, you drown out right. Times square as it is i mean you just yeah you know, not non-stop uh traffic right there and things other things happening but uh insofar as you know the whole glass building thing you know panic at the disco they figured out how to walk up the side of it so that's all good anyway hmm? over my head no idea yeah you don't know the panic at the disco song no all right uh that's a venn diagram we might not have there (laughs) popular music they sang something about closing the goddamn door or something i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll send you the link to the video. Thanks. All right, Matt, what else do you have for us? Okay, two real quick stories. Despite the fact that many people mistake them for each other on a regular basis, we learned yesterday that on October 9th, two-time Tony nominee Brandon Uranowitz will replace John Cariani as Itzik in the band's visit on Broadway. Both have curly, <laughs> dark hair. Um, that. I don't think they look particularly alike, but you could when this was announced, the memes that were all over social media of people having gotten them confused in the past. Brandon Uranowitz was very funny about it. He had a picture where he was interviewing him and they had the wrong names. Anyway, it happens a lot. I don't get it, but 
okay. I mean, both are wonderful. Um, so either way, good uh, congratulations to Brandon. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but I heard tale that Brandon has already contracted for another Broadway show that is aiming to come in, has not had anything announced yet, but I don't think that this is a long-term stay for him. So if you want to see Brandon in this show, um, I don't think he'll be there much longer than six-ish months, maybe a little longer, maybe maybe it'll be till next fall. I, I don't know. Maybe he'll do a full year, but he is contracted from what I understand for another Broadway show, depending on when that comes in. Anyway, so, uh... in- uh, yeah, just for a quick second, you know, uh, on Fox News, they had a picture of John Cariani with the Chiron that said Brandon Uranowitz on it. So, it, it, it actually said Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Raul Asparza to lead Classic Stage Company's The Resistible Rise of Arturo Lu. I wasn't sure Uwe. if that was an L or was that an I? I was, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Arturo Ui. Yeah. In, in other news, yesterday, the classic stage company announced that Tony nominated stage and screen star Raul Esparza will play the title role in The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui, directed by the company's artistic director, Tony winner John Doyle. In the show, Ar- uh, Esparza plays an Al Capone-like Hitler paralleling Depression era figure. Sounds lovely. Um, performances begin on October 30th and tickets go on sale on Thursday. The fact that Esparza is back doing theater is absolutely wonderful. But if someone doesn't get him to sing on stage very quickly, I'm going to be very, very angry. Uh, <laughs> if you would like information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 